Welcome everyone. Thank you for being here today at Kakaako Christian Fellowship. We are excited that uh, the Lord is continuing us on in the journey through the Bible. And I've heard some good remarks where, yeah, you know, I really am starting to understand where we came from in Genesis, going through Genesis, going through Exodus, and starting to kind of click and make sense. And I hope it's been a blessing for you. Well, past um, uh, few uh, sermons, we talked about a um, few commandments. You know, number one, week one, you shall have no other gods before me, found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. So we see how there's a lot of different gods, little g gods, but we worship the one true big g god, right? And God wants us to know that, worship the one and only God. And then we, we also, in um, that week two, we learned, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Simply meaning, we're not to have any idols in our lives, right? Dirt, don't worship all that other stuff. And I brought out the cell phone, remember? And a lot of times, uh, I think I spent a lot of time talking about that. And things like that. Things in our lives that we worship and give more attention to those things besides God. So don't worship any idols. And we're continuing on in our sermon series, which is entitled, Are the Ten Commandments for Today? We want to help you see, yes, the Ten Commandments are just as important today as they ever were. And we see how the Ten Commandments, and hopefully this is kind of being repeated, repeated, they're not rules for us to follow to get into heaven. So if we're good enough and we keep these rules, then we're going to get there. That's not what the Ten Commandments are about. But rather, it's because God loves us, He gave us these commandments. Because God wants us to live in the right way, in a right relationship with Him. And these are the ways to live, guys. Follow these ways. Those are the Ten Commandments. So today we're going to be going through commandment number three, found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open it up to Exodus 20, verse 7. The third commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So instantly, what does that mean to you? Just thinking to yourself, okay, misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does that mean? You might have heard it another way, and this is kind of common. Don't use the name of God in vain. Right? Don't use the Lord's name in vain. And when we hear that, we're thinking, oh yeah, that means when we like, swear, when we use a swear word, then we're not supposed to say, attach God's name to it, right? Okay, don't, we do, don't do that. That's the third commandment. God said, don't do that, so I'm not going to do that. But is that really what it means? Like when you're so upset, after you just hit your thumb with a hammer, oh, and you just let one fly, and you're going to, I'm not going to say it, you know, but you say, oh, J.C., See, some people don't even like that. 
right? Oh, you just let out, oh, JC. Not me, but other people. Or, what's worse, like a GD? Ooh. Okay, you just slam your, car, your finger in a car door. Oh, and you just, out of anger, you're, you just let one fly and you're swearing and you use God's name in the swear word. Is that what it means, the third commandment? So, before anybody gets upset, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, it's, I don't believe that it's good to, when you're out of anger, swear and attach God's name to it. The name of Jesus, the name of God. It isn't good to do that, right? I, I, I just don't even like it. You know, I'm playing basketball with my buddies and we're there and the guys are, you know, a lot of them just have filthy mouths. Okay, none, none of our friends here that play basketball. <laughs> but the other guys. And we're out there and, you know, like they just swearing left and right. You know, it's kind of common nowadays anywhere you go. Even in our workplaces before, you know, people don't really swear too much. But then, you know, swear. And then every once in a while I'll hear, you know, the, oh, JC, oh, the GD. It's like when I hear it, it gets, it, I don't know, does this happen to you? It really hurts my heart. I'm like, oh, why do they have to do that? Can't they just use another word? I don't know why that's like the most popular, it seems like, swear word. And when you hear it, it like, it's highlighted and it's like louder. And I just don't like hearing my Savior's name used in that way. And I, I don't think you do either. And so sometimes I told some of my friends like, you know, I, I just, I got to tell you, can you please, when you swear, don't say God's name? Like, oh, what? Oh, did I? I didn't even realize I did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you do. So can, can you not do that? Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I don't know if you've had similar experiences like that or not. But the name of God is holy and is to be respected. It's sacred. In fact, so sacred, you know, the scribes, Bible scribes, back in the day, when they're copying the manuscripts, manuscript to manuscript, they were so meticulous, word for word. Whenever they got to the holy name of God, they would have to use a different ink, a different pen. So, oh, right, right. Okay, come on to the name of God. Oh, hold on, got to get the other pen. Where's that? Okay, that's a special ink. Lord, Yahweh. Okay, keep going, keep going. Oh, here's another one. So sacred, so holy. And remember a few, I, I think it's a few months now, we talked about in the sermon, what's in the name? Talking about God's holy name, the name of Yahweh that God gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. He said, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. 
the name you shall call me from generation to generation. I am who I am. That's God's personal name, just like you know, Kai or Kelsey. And by the way, it's Kelsey's birthday. She was up here, the, the young-looking one <laughs> with the cool hair. That's a compliment. She's 21 today. Let's give her a hand. Woo! She's awesome. Kelsey's awesome. Beautiful voice. And so that's, that's their name, Kelsey, Kai. God's name, Yahweh God. Yahweh, that's I am who I am. That's his personal name. It means the one who is. He has no beginning, no end. He simply is, always was, and always will be. The name of God was so holy that Jews would not even say the name of God. They wouldn't write it. They wouldn't say it. In fact, they replaced the name with Adonai, Lord. It's a simple Lord title. So in your Bible, a lot of times we said in the Old Testament too, I think it's over 5,000 times in the Old Testament, Lord, L-O-R-D, capitalized, means Yahweh, I am who I am. The holy, sacred name of God. And that's what we have here in, Gen- in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, caps, your God, Yahweh God. The name of God is holy and should be treated as such. But so many times in our culture, we see how the name of God is disrespected and trampled on. And do you see it more and more even in the movies now? You see almost every movie nowadays, like, oh, they'll use God's name in such a disrespectful way. It's almost as if it's happening on purpose. And I would say, you know, it's the same thing, like, with, with our friends and stuff. It is important to, you know, like, stand up. Let's stand up for God's name, who He is. That's important. Who knows, maybe you're at a movie... And that's going on, you might have to walk out. It's a personal thing. But if they're treating the Lord that way or disrespecting who He is, right? We might just have to say, you know what? Why am I paying my hard-earned money for that? Supporting that. Or companies that support things that are against the Lord. The name of the Lord. But a lot of times, the third commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God is commonly misunderstood. Does it really mean you shall not, when you get angry, you hit your thumb with a hammer, use the Lord's name in vain? What does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain anyway? The NIV, that's our translation for today, I think is a much better translation. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Misuse. Number one, you can write it in your Bible today, in your notes. What does it mean to misuse the name of God? Number one, don't use God's name for your own gain. Don't, miss, don't use God's name for your own gain. What does that mean? Don't use the name of God to get your way. 
Don't associate God's name with what he shouldn't be associated with. Don't, don't misrepresent who God is. So for example, if you own a company and the company, um, you know, you have a name for your company and you set up certain products for your company. Imagine if there's another company that comes and tries to do the very same thing and uses your name. So my wife, Vanessa, she has this like entrepreneurial gifting where she just can start things and businesses and they're creative. And so she, she started a business like t-shirts, clothing, all these fun artistic designs and, you know, selling them uh, at certain um, expos, uh, craft fairs, in some stores and things like that. And it's just so fun to see the Lord growing that and to see this like company's name and the products grow. And then here comes this other company in Honolulu. I won't name any names. All of a sudden, they got the same name going on, the same products, the same design as my wife's company. And I'm like, oh, and somebody let Vanessa know she saw it. And it hurts. It's like, hey, that's not what... You didn't have permission to do that. You're misrepresenting my name, my company. And then you see another one, like these big ones in the magazines, like National Company, or International even, using the same thing. Same design, same name. They didn't have permission to do that. So Vanessa had to go through some legal challenges and uh, you know, try to stop them from doing that and it was like really humbug it was really hard on Vanessa because she worked so hard right to get that and create that and somebody else is just kind of scooping it up and using it what for their own gain those companies were misusing misrepresenting her name for their own gain and did you know by the way you know my name is Max Fowler did you know that there is another Max Fowler in Honolulu? <laughs> it's crazy. Somebody came up to me and said, Oh, Max, are you a skills trainer for kids with autism? And this is where it got confusing because when I was at UH, I used to work as a skills trainer with kids with autism. I said, uh, No, but I used to do that. She said, You don't do that anymore? Are you sure? I said, no, I'm sure. She said, because there is another Max Fowler who does that. And he goes around, he works in the schools. And I said, are you kidding me? She said, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. I said, I hope so, because if he's not, it's going to ruin my name. Okay, so if you see this Max Fowler guy, let me know. I want to have lunch with him. We got to talk. Okay, and vice versa. I don't want to mess up his name. <laughs> so I better act good, Yeah. <laughs> You're going to give him a bad name. Isn't that weird, though? Another Max Fowler. Well, you know, you can Google. like, There's like Max Fowler, the actor. He's not a very successful actor, though. <laughs> Pray for him. <laughs> there's like the Max Fowler, like the struggling, alternative, like kind of goth-looking singer. <laughs> Pray for that guy. <laughs> All the Max Fowlers out there. All right. 
We don't want to misrepresent one another's name for our own gain especially. And it isn't uncommon for God's people throughout time to do that. After the Ten Commandments, Moses gave the Israelites, did you know, as we go through Exodus, we'll learn more about this, he gave them hundreds of laws, 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 how to live in relationship with God and with one another. Other laws on things like marriage, how to settle disputes, how to worship, how to make offerings, and a whole bunch of other things that are important for society to live and thrive. And God knew that people, all people, will come up with these religious rules in God's name for their own purposes, for their own agenda. That's just what we do. So at the very beginning of the commandments, and that's why I love how God, he's, he's so strategic, yeah? He talks about the main thing is the main thing. We can't have any other gods. We can't have any other idols. Number three, what is it? We have to represent who he is in the correct way. Don't misuse my name, he says. Even before stealing, even before murder, God talks about this third commandment. And people in Jesus' day, they didn't get the importance of the third commandment. In fact, I think it was commonly misunderstood as it is today. So, for example, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus went into the temple courts and it's kind of the second time Jesus is cleansing the temple. After he comes into Jerusalem as a triumphant king, Luke chapter 19, he sees the money changers there, the sacrificial selling, the selling of sacrificial animals like pigeons, doves, and these people taking advantage of the poor using what they needed to do, bring sacrifice for sin. But they're charging them way too much. The money changers not paying equal money. And so you see this abuse happening right here on the temple in the temple courts. How would you feel if you were Jesus? That, you know, righteous anger popped up Luke chapter 19, 45 says, When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. My house should be a house that is holy, according to I am, a house of prayer, of worship. But here you are, messing up, taking advantage of the poor. So he's saying to those who are corrupting God's house, you misuse the law. You are using the law for your own personal benefit, for your own personal gain. You're using the Ten Commandments for yourself. So Jesus was furious, righteous indignation. He was also furious at the Pharisees and the teachers of law about another thing, about the practice where people would be giving uh, money to their children to take care of them, right? No social security, but you can't depend on that anyway, back in the day, right? So you got to depend on your children, and we still have to, right? And we, they give the money to the children. The children 
can take the money, they can build wealth with it, take care of mom and dad as they get older. But here there was a practice, a common practice, where they would take the money, and when time came for the parents to need it, okay, I, can you take care of me with the money I gave you? I'm sorry, mom and dad. You know now I'm a, such a good, holy person. I've dedicated that money to the things of God. So the Pharisees were doing this. The teachers of the law were doing this. Sorry, can't take care of you. can only give you this much because I've made that money dedicated. I vowed to keep it to God. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Human traditions like religion, right? And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Honor and love our parents. Take care of our parents. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is korban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. So korban was that gift set aside specifically for the purposes of God, your resources, your money. And it would go specifically to the temple. And Jesus was getting, speaking right to the Pharisees, right to the people who were overseeing this religious system for finding an excuse, a loophole in the law by pronouncing, oh, sorry, this is set aside, this is, can't touch it, it's korban. Sorry, mom and dad, you know, I really like to, but God first. And using it for their own agenda, their own purpose. They were misusing God's law, misrepresenting who God is to do something that looked holy, but really wasn't done for God. It wasn't done for their parents. It was done for who? Themselves. And Jesus went on to say, hey, when you do this, guys, it's going to keep spreading to other areas of your life. Look what he says in verse 13. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And you do many things like that. So it's not just that. <laughs> you got into a habit of doing a lot of things like this because of religion. Jesus was upset again that there was a lot of bending, a lot of twisting, a lot of conveniently forgetting what the law, the word of God said. Basically, there was a lot of religion going on. A lot of religion. Misusing God's name. Misusing the commandments for their own selfish gain. And we're thinking, wow, these people are pretty bad. You know? Like, oh, they don't take care of their parents. They're like cheating God. They're just a bunch of religious weirdos. You know, gee, oh, I'm upset like Jesus is. And that's 
I think we all should be. But could we be doing the same kinds of things? Could we be using, bending, twisting, conveniently forgetting the Word of God, misusing God's name for our own advantage? And I would say if we're really honest with ourselves, the answer is yes. Sometimes we all do that. None of us are perfect. The only perfect person is Jesus. And we have that sinful nature that is selfish. <laughs> Sometimes we're just going to bend the rules a little bit or hmm, I don't remember reading that verse. Or, you know, I'm going to be a little naive and, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, we can say. And we can say, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to hope God forgives me. In fact, I know he does because he's a God of love and forgiveness. You know? He always, he's a God of grace. You know, he forgives us. You know, I remember that verse, 1 John 1, 9. And this is one of my favorite verses. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that verse is so cool, right? Because it says if we confess to God our sins, he's going to forget about everything. He's going to forgive, sorry, he's going to forgive us for everything. He's going to purify us. That's so cool. And that's a promise of God that you can bank on, that you can say, you know what? I'm holding on to that. And that verse is awesome, just like the Ten Commandments are awesome and there. And just to be lit, to be held on to. I'm going to hold on to that. But sometimes we just go, okay, I'm going to sin over here, and then I'm going to remember that verse. And I'm going to claim it, and I'm going to use it when I need my get-out-of-jail-card free, right? Okay, God, I like this system. I just keep conveniently forgetting or not doing. And then I come over here, yes, God is good. Like, look what happens. We just keep forgiving me. But when we keep doing that, this side keeps adding up. More and more and more, just like Jesus said. It becomes a habit. It kind of like a snowball. And then pretty soon we're over here like, oh, okay, maybe I don't even need to confess anymore. <laughs> right? I just like, I just know it. I just know Jesus is a God of forgiveness and love. And basically, in some time you're over here, you do whatever you like. <laughs> and you say, yeah, Jesus is over there and I know he loves me. He forgives me. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive us. But if we keep using God's word, his promises as a loophole to keep doing what we want, as an excuse to keep doing what we want in sin, then what are we doing? It's breaking the third commandment. Just basically it. We are misusing the name of the Lord. Are we kind of, we see what happens here? We're misusing God's name. That's the third commandment. It's not, oh, I swear, and I use his name. Oh, that's the third commandment. I broke it. No. When we're living how we want to live, using God's name, using his word, as an excuse. That's misusing, misrepresenting who God is, his name. And we're 
if we're honest, we're all guilty of that. I am, I am chief of sinners. I am somebody who misuses God's name. I take advantage of God's forgiveness, just like I was saying here. In those ways. Big ways, small, small ways. And today, I love church on Sundays, yeah? He's kind of like... God, he, sometimes he zings our hearts, yeah? He kind of con- comes in and he convicts us. The Holy Spirit comes. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn us, but he came to what? Convict us. The Holy Spirit does that. Comes to convict our hearts. It's like a chance to get recalibrated. God says, okay, I'm going to expose something here and help, help Max understand a little bit more. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm just going to come to you again. Love that on Sundays, yeah? And so many times I can be like a Pharisee. I can be somebody who's going, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to become a better Christian. So I'm going to start following the rules better. I'm going to set up all these things in my life so that I'm going to, you know, like, actually live out the Ten Commandments. I'm going to be this great Jesus follower. And if that's you, then we're going in the exact wrong direction. Okay? That's called setting up a religious system and guards around yourself. And when you could become religious and just trying to follow rules, then we're falling into the same trap the Pharisees fell into. What does it mean to be religious? It means to put rules of God, things that we know are good, even like the Ten Commandments, put them before our guilty of that. And I think all of us are too. A relationship with God is the main thing. You can write this in your notes, number two. God wants you to know Him, not religion. God wants you to know Him, not religion. When you know Him, things like 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? It's not like, okay, I'm going to use this as a get-out-of-jail card. It's like, Jesus, I'm, I'm with you all the time in my honesty, in my recognizing I'm messing up. I'm, I'm not having to confess my sins. Like After I go and do all this stuff, then I'm going to use it. But Lord, I'm, I'm constantly needing your forgiveness. I'm constantly talking to you. God, I messed up here. I'm too weak to do this here. I'm confessing it to you. And you're living in that. It's a relationship rather than break the rules, get forgiven. Break the rules, get forgiven. His forgiveness is always there. It's always available. But we're not using his name, misusing his name. People think that the point of Christianity is this. If you follow all the rules, then you're going to make it to heaven. Right? You follow all the rules, you're going to make it to heaven. So how do you get to heaven? People think, follow the rules. What rules are they? What would they say? Probably. If you ask somebody, 
what rules do you need to follow to get to heaven? They would say, the Ten Commandments. Okay, where do you find the Ten Commandments? It's an important question, right? How do you get to heaven? You follow the rules. How do you follow the rules? The Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. Where do you find them? In the Bible, I think. <laughs> Is it the Old Testament or the New Testament? The Old Testament. Yes, you're right. Okay, now, what are they? Oh, thou shalt not murder, shouldn't steal, honor your father and mother, don't swear with God's name in it. It's like, okay, this is an important question, right? We're talking about how do you get to heaven? We follow the Ten Commandments, but so many times we just don't even have the beginning of a clue what they are. What they are. So that doesn't make any sense. So the main point is not to follow the rules. It's not about religion. And when we believe that, we're misusing the name of the Lord. You're misrepresenting who God is. So when we go to work on Monday, or we interact with people in the world, remember we're in the world but not of the world. So when we go to work, and we say, I want to be a good Christian. I'm not going to swear. I'm going to like treat others as they want to be treated. I'm going to open the door for people. I'm going to smile at people. I'm going to not talk stink. Whatever it is. I'm going to do I'm going to... When we're with our coworkers and others in the world, is that what we're telling people what it means to be a Christian? I am such a good person. Or, I am the nicest person you've ever met. And by me being so cool and nice, they will know that Jesus is their Savior. And they will give their lives to Him. <laughs> right? So basically what we're saying is, see these Ten Commandments? I'm really good at them. I'm so good at them that, see that I'm a Christian? But when we do that, we're being just like those Pharisees. We have set up a religious system that we're living by, and we're communicating that to others. If you want to be a Christian, this is what it looks like. I don't mess up. I try not to anyway. And wow, one day, hopefully, you can be just like me. <laughs> I fall into that trap all the time. But when we do that, we're breaking the third commandment. We're misrepresenting who God is. God is saying it's not about the rules, it's not about religion, it's about knowing Him. Our sinful nature will drag us back and say, come on, try harder, do this, keep those Ten Commandments, you got to do it. But Jesus said it's all about religion. Check out the second part of Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. The third commandment says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The rest of the verse. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And we can go ahead and have the worship team come on up here. As we close. The Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. What does that mean? That simply means if you keep doing what you want and are fine with living a life of religion and rules, then you're missing out 
on the most important thing. The Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. If you're going to live a lifestyle of the Pharisees and religion and think that's what Christianity and is all about, you're missing the main point. And guess what? You're going to miss out on the best part of it all, being with the Lord forever. That sounds harsh, but check this out. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, like calls me Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. Knowing God is that important. Eternal destinies lie in the balance. And you won't get there by knowing all the rules. You won't get there by being the nicest, coolest person around. You won't get there by being a good Christian. It's always all about who you know. And the main point is knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus and having a personal relationship with him, an ongoing, vibrant relationship that says, God, I am in the mud like the pigs. I am a prodigal son on a daily basis. My attitude stinks, Lord. I need your help. Like, I thank you for your grace. Like, I am such a mess up, you know? Like, man, I had a good day today, and my good day was, like, not even that good. I really... Do you see that relationship there? That's what the ongoing relationship. If you want to keep the third commandment, don't misuse the name of the Lord. Don't live a life of religion and rules. Live a life of relationship. Amen? Why don't we go ahead and stand up now? We're going to close with prayer. You know, Jesus, he summed up the Ten Commandments with the Great Commandment. He said he didn't come to abolish the law, like get rid of it. Sorry, we don't need Ten Commandments anymore. I'm here. He came to fulfill the law. They asked him, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? The Pharisees, the experts in the law, and they really were experts. Experts at knowing what was in it and experts at knowing how to get around it. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments in fact your eternal destiny lies on these two commandments the witness that you have to others in the world lies on these commandments what is it? simply to know God to love God and to love your neighbor. Relationships. It's not about religion. It's all about your relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ.